morning, everyone. One just quick note. It's becoming a habit that I have to comment on one thing before. Uh, there's in Ephesians, in uh, our first reading, Ephesians chapter 4 at the end, Paul talks about how he says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed against the day of redemption. And he says, he says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? And I just one comment on that. <clears throat> it's very connected to both baptism and confirmation. But that word, it's a cool word in Greek, esphragiste. Esphragis uh, is a seal, and it's what you do with an animal. It's when you put, when a farmer brands his animals, right, he puts his seal on them. And on the day of redemption, Christ will look for those who belong to him. And what Paul is saying is he's saying the day you were baptized and the day you were confirmed, God put his seal on you as one of his sheep. And he said, this one belongs to me. And so you and I, right, what a great, joyful thing. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit as belonging to God. And Paul is calling us, he's saying, look who you belong to. Right, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is the seal of God. You belong to Him now. Act like it. So cool. Okay. So today we actually begin with a different Greek word. I was at a or Jeff Cavins when he spoke last week. He was like making fun of priests who like talk about too many intellectual things. I was like, I'm right here. I can hear exactly what you're saying. But today in our gospel, <coughs> there's this word in Greek, it's, it's hard to pronounce, it's gongudzo. And I was looking that up this week, and gongudzo means to complain, to grumble, to mutter, or, as it's translated today in our gospel, and in most translations, to murmur. Now, you know what it means to murmur? I love that word. I, I just love the word murmur. Right? You all do it. So do I. When something happens that you don't like and someone makes a decision, like in your family or your friends or your boss, you, you're like, murmur. <laughs> you're like, you know, you're like, really? Oh my gosh. And you complain and you murmur and you grumble. And I was looking in my, my Greek lexicon, dictionary, and uh, the next word in the lexicon is gongustes. Gungunstes, which means a habitual grumbler. It's the noun form, someone who is a habitual grumbler. Brothers and sisters, I have a confession to make. I am in danger of becoming a gogunstes. My word for that, if I translated the Bible, my word for that perpetual grumbler is curmudgeon. Some of you have asked me before, what does curmudgeon mean? And I was praying with that Greek passage, and I'm like, that's it. That's curmudgeon. <laughs> it's someone who's always grumbling, who's murmuring. So you heard me last week talk a little bit about this, but uh, two weeks ago, my community and I went up to South Dakota, and I, be, I murmured. I really did. I was, I was grumbling. I didn't want to go. Now, I, I didn't make this clear at the last Mass, so I didn't say it well. 
it wasn't about South Dakota. South Dakota's great. It was about, I didn't want to drive 14 hours. And I didn't want to go to this retreat that I thought was too, too many things going on with it. So what did I do? I grumbled. And Father Brady, who's the head of our community, is a great priest. And I let him know what I thought. I was like, rum, 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 rum. I was like, I'm in a parish. I'm too busy for this. I can't go to South Dakota. It's too long of a drive. And we're taking an RV. Really? What's wrong with you? And then, this is so cool. So we went to this retreat center in South Dakota, and it's called Broomtree. And Broomtree, it's a great place. Broomtree is named, it gets its name from our first reading today. See, so God is good. He lines up these things. In 1 Kings 19 today, Elijah has just fought off all of the, these false priests of a pagan god, Baal. And in chapter 19, it says this. It says, Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came, and he sat down under a broom tree. And so that retreat center, that's where it gets his name. Now, one of my other priest friends in my community, he also was kind of a murmurer, and <clears throat> he sent out an email to the whole community, and he said, you guys ready to go to broom tree? And he quoted this verse, because it says, Elijah came and sat under a broom tree and asked that he might die. <laughs> and I was like, take that, Father Brady. Broom tree is where you go to die. <laughs> right? And then God, like, you know, visited his vengeance upon me. No, he gave me his love and said, come on, Brian, stop being a jerk. I was murmuring all week, and that's what our readings are about today. Today in our gospel, the Jews, and I hope you heard that, the Jews today, Jesus is teaching about the Eucharist. We're in John chapter 6. All of us should know John chapter 6. John chapter 6, Jesus spends an entire chapter teaching us about the Eucharist. It is unbelievably clear. He could not have been more clear. It, it, there's almost nowhere in the Bible Jesus spends an entire chapter on one subject. He does that in John chapter 6. That's how important the Eucharist is going to be. And so today we're in, in chapter 6. We had verses 31 to 41. And in that, I'm sorry, 41 to 51. And in verse 41, it says, The Jews murmured at him. And later on in verse 43, Jesus says, Do not murmur. Now, why does Jesus say that? The reason Jesus says that, brothers and sisters, is that he wants us to see that the Christian life, you've heard me say this over and over again, the Christian life is about the exodus. Right? Do you want to be a Christian? You have to go through the exodus. And so this whole chapter in John chapter 6, there's all these hints that God wants you and I to think about the Exodus story. At the beginning of the chapter, there's this reference. They ask, the crowd asks Jesus, they say, are you the prophet? And what that means is that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses said that God was going to bring this amazing prophet that would be like Moses. And Jesus just fed this crowd in the wilderness at the beginning of the chapter. 
And so the crowd thinks of Moses, and they say, Jesus, you must be the new Moses. And then we start talking about manna. Right, and manna is the food of the Exodus. And then today Elijah confirms the story, right? Elijah relived the Exodus. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah, today in our reading, he, don't you love that Elijah was a drama queen? I felt so good about that, right? Because you get, I get dramatic with God. I don't know if you do. His was actually more serious than my life. But Elijah's the last prophet and so today he looks at God and he goes under that broom tree and he says, seriously, this is too hard. Why don't you just kill me? You ever prayed that to God? I actually have, right? Moments of like being when you're just totally overdramatic and I'm like, you're like a stubborn little kid again and you're like, you're the one who did this to me. Why is my life so hard? You might as well kill me, God. And then he's like, he knows you're throwing a temper tantrum and he asks you to grow up. Anyway, so Elijah today, though, he eats that bread, and he walks 40 days to Mount Horeb. Now, that number 40 should always remind us of the Exodus. The Jews walked in the desert how many years? 40 years. Also, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he fasts. You guys know how long he fasts? Fasted? 40 days and 40 nights. And so there's these, these echoes of the Exodus story. And here's the other kicker. It says Elijah walked to Mount Horeb. Horeb is the same mountain as Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 3, when Moses comes to the burning bush, we're told that the name of that mountain is Mount Horeb. And the name changes because of the burning bush, which is more than we have time for today. But it's the same mountain. And so, brothers and sisters, all of our readings today are about the Exodus. It's all about the Exodus. And here's what it's about. Right? In, the, in the Exodus story, Egypt is the world. And God takes Egypt, or takes the Jews out of Egypt. Right, and for us, that's a symbol of our life in the world. And I say this a lot, but I have to say it again. It's all over the Bible. If you're living like everybody else, except for the fact that you happen to be a Christian, that means you're not living a Christian life. To be a Christian means you have to leave Egypt. You have to leave the pleasures you have to leave the sins. You have to leave the worldliness of Egypt behind. You cannot be like everyone else and be a Christian. Not possible. And so in our gospel today, what happens, though, back to the Exodus story, is that the Jews murmur against Jesus. And, and like I said, that's meant to tell us, it's meant to remind us about that manna. So in Exodus 16 is the manna story. And in Exodus 16, that word murmur, gonguntes, right, that word is, happens like six or seven times. So in verse 2 of chapter 16 in Exodus, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel murmured 
against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And they said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Do you hear that? They say, we just, it would have been better off if we just died back in Egypt. Just like Elijah. Right, Elijah today says, Lord, this is too hard. Just take my life. If you're not feeling that, if you're living a Christian life, but it just seems comfortable, you're probably not living a Christian life. The Christian life is joyful, it is wonderful, but it is hard. It is so hard. And God's going to call you to leave Egypt behind. He's all those things in your life that, that you think you need. What God does is he takes us into the wilderness and he strips us of those things. And here's why. If you stay in Egypt, you won't be hungry for God. If you stay in Egypt, you won't be hungry for God. You'll have fed on the world. And so maybe you think, you know, God, I know that, I know in my heart, I know there's things you want me to do. I know that I should watch less television. And I know I should use that time probably to learn what it means to pray. But I don't want to because Egypt tastes really good. And I know those, the, that music that I like, that's, you know, kind of inappropriate. I'd be embarrassed if Father Brian was in my car. I'd probably be embarrassed if you were in my car, too. Get rid of it. If it's opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you're listening to music that's of the world, that has worldly messages, that tells you that life is about pleasure and power and money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that is getting into your soul. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to be crazy hardcore and just listen to like Christian music. But do you listen to things that oppose your faith? You'll never hunger for the things of God until you let go of the food of Egypt. So once you're out in the wilderness, the Jews are hungry. And they murmur against God and they say, Lord, can you feed us in the wilderness? Is it possible for you to do this? I wish we had just died back in Egypt. And God rains down bread from heaven. And here's the simple message today, brothers and sisters. If you're still in Egypt, if you're still living in the world, as I say frequently, you got to get out. If you're living a life of sin that makes you a slave, you got to get out. And you have to allow the new Moses, Jesus Christ, the true redeemer of the world, you got to let him take you out of Egypt. And once you start, you're going to find out it's really hard. And you're going to want to go back and you're going to say, God, I'm hungry. Where's the food? How am I supposed to live my life? Can I sustain my life without these things that I always thought I needed? I'll tell you, one of the biggest ones is relationships. Various times in my life, and I'm sure various times in the future, 
God has told me, shown me that there are relationships in my life that I have to let go of. And that's a painful thing. That hurts. And I thought I needed those relationships. And I say, okay, Jesus, I know I have to let go of sin, but what about this person? They're a friend. And he says, let go, Brian. Come in the wilderness. Come with me. And let me be the one who feeds you. Do you hunger for God? Right, today Jesus, in John 6, he talks about how people who ate the manna in the wilderness, they were still hungry. And they still died. But the one who eats the bread that Jesus gives will live forever. So once you're in the wilderness, you have to let go of those things. And I want to ask you this morning, where's your heart at? Right? Are you a curmudgeon? Do you have a negative outlook? Do you think God can't surprise you? Right? I've, I've been a, a murmurer so much in my life. And what God has called me to do is to stop it. Right, we went to South Dakota. We took an RV. I was like, I am not getting in the RV. Murmur, murmur, murmur. And my heart in the week up there, right, God just touched me. And he was like, why are you murmuring? Stop murmuring. Stop complaining. Have faith. Trust in me. Brothers and sisters, I can only invite you to it, but... My experience of the Christian life is that I, I hate giving things up. I hate doing that. And I always have this thing in my heart, Lord, can you feed me in the wilderness? If I give this up, am I, I won't be happy. Brothers and sisters, Jesus can feed you. He can feed you with the bread from heaven. He can feed you in a way that you'll wonder how you ever lived the way you did before. But he only gives his bread to those who leave Egypt. You have to do that. There's so much more. Let me tell you one, one just kind of side thing that's kind of cool. Someone, so I had a, a guy come to my office this past week. He was awesome. And he's thinking about becoming Catholic. And we just had a great conversation. We talked. And he said, Father Brian, I have about a thousand questions. And he said, but one of the weird ones is, what is that weird gold box? And you guys think Jesus is inside of there? I'm like, hmm? <laughs> and he's like, this is kind of weird. I'm like, wait till you get in the church. Like, we're so weird. But it's true. And I just want to share one really cool thing, right? The manna points forward to the Eucharist. To be a Christian, you walk in the wilderness. God gives you bread from heaven. Next week, we're going to talk about how Jesus gets even more explicit he makes it so clear in John 6 that the Eucharist is real. But one just cool thing I want to tell you, in the manna story, the end of chapter 16 in Exodus, God tells Moses and Aaron, he says, I want you to take a jar of that bread from heaven. And I want you to save it. And you know where he tells Moses to save it in? Where does Moses put the jar of manna? Where is it? In the Ark of the Covenant, Right? The Ark of the Covenant, if you remember Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, or which the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Remember that? Yeah, you do. <laughs> remember that? Remember it's a big, what, what's, the, what's the Ark of the Covenant? It's a big gold box. Guess what the Jews put in the big gold box? A jar with bread from heaven. And they carried it with them in the desert for 40 years as a sign that God was with them always. And the Exodus story is a story about what it means to be a Christian. And guess what? The, the true bread from heaven is in our tabernacle. And he is with us always, forever. That's so powerful. God always leads us from the Old Testament into the Christian life. And he set things up so beautifully. And we have to have faith when we go in that wilderness, brothers and sisters, we have to live for him alone. We have to let the Eucharist be that bread from heaven. He can sustain you in the wilderness. But he wants to strip you. And that's, that's what I want you to take home today. God wants to strip you of all those things you think you need so that you'll rely on him. That you'll taste the bread of angels. Jesus, I want to let go. I still have those things. I want to rely on my, my ego and my vanity and my intelligence and all the things that I think are mine. But when I rely on those things, I don't rely on you. If you're a curmudgeon, there's hope for you. The really good news is that you know, if I were God, I would say, okay, you know what, guys, I'll let you have the Eucharist if you don't complain. If you stop murmuring and you don't complain, then I'll let you have the bread from heaven. Here's the cool thing. In all the stories we talked about today, God gives us the bread from heaven after we've complained. St. Paul says in Romans 3, God is faithful even when we're not. And so even if you've been unfaithful, if you've been a curmudgeon, you've said, Lord, I can't live a Christian life. It's too much. I just want to be like everybody else. I don't want to go to Mass. I don't want to live a life that's free of sin. I don't want to trust you in the desert. Repent of that attitude today. Repent. Turn to him today and say, Jesus, I want to hunger for you in the bread of life. I want to eat of the bread of which someone eats and they will live forever. And so I repent. I repent of my unfaithfulness. But God is faithful even when we're not. So today, brothers and sisters, give it up to God. Give away that worldliness. Get out of Egypt. And as you walk that Christian life, it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard for me too. Grow in faith. When you're hungry and you're thirsty, turn to Jesus. He's the one that will feed you in the wilderness. He is the one that dwells in our tabernacle. He is the one who sustains us in the desert.